my job right now uh, is to help set my successors up for success. So I'm not going to preach to you today. And I, I want to talk to you about 10 things that every pastor would love to tell you. Yeah, if they just had the courage, they would tell you these 10 things. Uh, 10 things that every pastor wishes that his people knew. Um, I surveyed several pastors asking them, you know, if you could say anything, if you could tell your people what you would like to tell them, what would you tell them? And uh, I received those surveys back. Um, so many of them I had already thought of. I already had my own list, but I, I wanted to make sure that, 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 that I surveyed a lot of pastors. To, and, and, and what's uh, ironic is several of these 10 things appeared in every pastor's list that I surveyed, including mine. Uh, before I get started, I want to clarify a few things. Please, please hear this. Uh, first of all, I love being a pastor. I love being a pastor. If I could be anything in all the world that I wanted to be, I'd be a pastor. I'm not going to talk to you today out of bitterness or anger or hurt. Because I have none. I have none. I'm not wounded. I'm not tired. I'm not burned out. I've had far more positive experiences as a pastor than negative. Have I had negative ones? Of course, all pastors. But, but I've had far more positive things happen to me as a pastor than negative. And as God, as my witness, my motives today are pure. And my motivation is simply this, and that is I want to try and help those that are coming behind me. That's my job right now in ministry is to help those that are coming along behind me. And that's why I'm doing my very best to leave behind me and hand off to my successors a very healthy church. Healthy in every way, spiritually healthy, financially healthy, emotionally healthy. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter four and verse number 16, he says, he says, have I become your enemy now because I tell you the truth? Well, I'm going to tell you the truth today. In fact, I'm going to tell you the unvarnished truth. Let me begin with this. These are actual statistics about pastors gathered not by pastors, but gathered by professionals who do surveys and make lists and charts. Only one out of 10 people who began in ministry will finish in ministry. Only only one out of 10 people, only 10% of people who, who began in full-time ministry finish in full-time ministry. 38% of pastors have considered quitting the ministry this past year. 46% of pastors under the age of 45 is thinking of quitting right now. One Almost one out of every two. 
Only one out of every three full-time pastors consider themselves emotionally healthy. There's a reason for these statistics. And I'm going to talk to you about them today. Let let me ask you this question this morning. How how many of you want a healthy pastor? How many of you understand the fact that so goes the pastor so goes the church. Because everything rises and falls on leadership. Let me ask you this. How many of you would help contribute to the emotional health of your pastor if you only knew how? Well, I'm going to help you. Because if you will learn from the 10 things that I'm going to share with you today, it will go a long way in helping your pastors. And and in helping your pastors, you will also be helping yourself. And you'll also be helping your church. So let's get started this morning. 10 things every pastor would love to tell you. Now, because I have 10, I only have time to hit and run on each point. The first thing that all pastors would love for you to know is this, and that is not every church member is Christ-like. Not every, not every church member is Christ-like. Not every member acts like a Christian. Not every Sunday is Pastor Appreciation Day. The fact is you have absolutely no idea what some church members say about and to their pastor. Here's what you need to know. In your notes, the complainers are always louder than the cheerleaders. The negative Nellies and Neds always speak up. See, here's the way it goes. The average church member sees the pastor on Sunday morning. They see him shaking hands. They see him hugging necks. They see him high-fiving the people. They see the laughter. They see the smiles. And so they assume that everybody loves him. Everybody loves the pastor. And everybody speaks well of him. And everybody speaks well of his family. Man, he has the perfect life. But what they don't know is not every church member is Christ-like. You have no idea what was said to me and about me during the pandemic. And I pastor the greatest church in the world. Second thing every pastor would love to tell you, piggybacks off of the first one, and it is this. Pastors have feelings too. Pastors have feelings too. In fact, we we probably have more feelings than the average person because in order to be a true pastor, not a preacher, not talking about a preacher, but in order to be an actual true pastor, Pastor Shepherd, to be a true pastor requires a big heart. 
It takes two things to be a true and successful pastor. It takes a big heart and it takes thick skin. The truth of the matter is pastors have feelings too. You need to understand this. We struggle with the same things you struggle with. See, see, maybe you think, you know, the pastor's an angel, you know, or he's, you know, right under the Trinity. No, no, your pastor struggles with a, with a very, the things that you struggle with, your pastor struggles with the same things because, because they're people just like you. Things like insecurity. So many pastors struggle with insecurity. Things like overcoming temptation. Oh, he's a pastor. He doesn't get tempted. What, what are you talking about? The enemy of our soul knows if I can bring the pastor down, then there'll be a lot of people come down with him. Amen. Amen. Every temptation you have plus more, the pastor has. That's right. That's right. Things like people pleasing. We all want to be liked, right? We all want to be liked. Pastors, we, we want to be liked. We want to be loved. And so we have to struggle with with being a people person or a people pleaser. Things like speaking the truth when you know it will not be popular. I can't tell you how many times when the Lord gave me a message, he laid something on my heart and, and I wrestled with the Lord because I knew, I knew, I knew, oh, oh, most of the people would receive it, but I knew there would be some that would not receive it. It would not be popular. And we all want to be popular. We all want to be liked. Struggling with things like trying to live a balanced life. When you're a spouse and a parent and a friend and a sibling and somebody's child and a pastor. And there's only 24 hours in a day. We struggle with the same things you struggle with. We're human just like you. Third thing that pastors would like for you to be aware of, and that is the mistakes we make are made with pure motives. The mistakes we make are made with pure motives. See, every decision that a pastor makes is second-guessed. Armchair quarterbacks are quick to offer advice. They've never actually played a single down, but they set themselves up as an expert. For true lead pastors, the church is their life. It's their life. They are never off the clock. Never. They're either doing ministry or they're preparing for ministry or they're thinking about ministry or they're thinking about their church or they're thinking about their people. They're never off the clock. They're always processing. I mean, always processing. What are we doing wrong? What could we do better? What are we not doing that we ought to be doing? How's my vision being received? Where has so-and-so been? Are they still with us? Your mind is going 24-7. You're processing. You're never off the clock. You're never unburdened. It's always there. It's always on your shoulders. We pray and we process and we prepare before presenting something to you. Before we ever come to you with an idea or a ministry or a mission, we always pray, process, and prepare. But no matter how much we pray, no matter how much we process, no matter how much we prepare, we still don't always get it right. 
Because no one bats a thousand. But our motives, I'm talking about a genuine, the real deal. Our motives are pure. Please do this for your pastors. Consider our entire ministry, not just the part you don't like. Or the part you disagree with. Give your pastor the benefit of the doubt that he or she is operating with pure motives. You may agree or disagree with what they're doing or where they're going or how they're leading you, but give them the benefit of the doubt that he or she is operating with pure motives, that they have you and your church's best interest at heart. Because if they are a true pastor shepherd, they do. That's right. That's right. They do. Number four, the fourth thing that all pastors would love for you to know is this, and that is when you have a problem, come talk to us, not to everyone else. Amen. See, the fact is, we may not even know there is a problem if someone doesn't tell us. And we cannot fix what we do not know is broken if it actually is. Some of the things you think are broken are not broken at all. I'll never forget several years ago in another church I was pastoring. After church, one of the men of the church come tooling up to me. He had to tell me, did you notice, I'll just call them the Smiths, that's not their names, but did you notice the Smiths leaving today while you were preaching on tithing? I said, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, Pastor, they're offended. Okay. I begin to think, I begin to wonder, I begin whatever. Next Sunday, the Smiths show back up. I go talk to the Smiths. I say, hey, man, I noticed you guys had to leave early on last Sunday. And they said, yeah, I got called out for work. <laughs> he got called out of work, so he had to leave. His wife had to leave. He had to go get his kids out and had to leave. Sometimes you think there's a problem when there's no problem at all. And your problem becomes somebody else's problem if you share it with them. Especially if they are your friend or family. So if you have a problem, come tell us. Not everyone else. And please, 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 please. Don't come to us with a problem before or after a service. See, before church, we're, we're still getting our holy on. <laughs> before church, we're still preparing our hearts to minister. That's right. That's right. We've got our game face on. We're focused on the service. We're spiritually in overdrive. And we're a little bit anxious. You'd think after 50 years of ministry that I would not be anxious. This past Sunday, we had Pastor Fred with us. Didn't he do a great job? He's been in ministry 45 years. And I just wanted to know myself. I asked him before church. I said, brother, I said, Pastor Fred, you've been in ministry a long time like me. 
I said, do you ever get anxious before ministering? He said, every Sunday. Every Sunday. It comes on you about Saturday about noon. It comes on you and it just begins to rise. Don't, don't come and talk to us before service. We don't need the distraction. We don't need to lose our focus. And we certainly don't need to be wondering how bad the problem might be when we're supposed to be getting ready to minister. And don't come to talk to us after church about a problem because our minds are racing after church. How did I preach? Did I get my message across? How was the message received? I saw three people get up and walk out while I was preaching. Were they mad or did they need to tinkle? (laughs) And then there's the fact that after church, our emotions are all over the place. I mean, they're all over the place. As we are coming down off of a spiritual high. I'm just being open and honest with you this morning. Please don't come to us with a problem before or after church. Set up an appointment with us during the week. It'll, it, it'll, it'll work out better for you too. Because you don't really want to bring a problem to someone who's anxious or someone whose emotions are all over the map, right? So it'd be good for you too. Now, now please, please understand that I'm not talking about emergency situations here. I'm not talking about emergency situations. Number five, I've got to hurry here. If you're leaving the church, oh, I hope you don't. But if you are leaving the church, come and tell us. If you decided that the Grace Place is not your church any longer, come tell us. Don't ghost us. (laughs) Or ignore our calls and our texts. See, we're shepherds. We're shepherds. And when some of our sheep are unaccounted for, we're concerned. We're concerned about them. Now, we're not naive enough to think that all of our members are going to stay with us forever. People come and people go for various reasons, some legit, some not. Had a man in my church in Midland who came and went four times in 10 years. Blamed it all on God. God was leading him out. I called him on the fourth one. He said, God's not schizophrenic. You can leave if you want to, but don't, don't play the God card. God ain't nowhere near this. We're responsible for those under our care. We never like it when people choose to leave us. In fact, in fact, it hurts. But we can handle it if we know that at least they have attached themselves to another shepherd that, and they can be cared for. Please give us the common courtesy of letting us know if you're leaving so we can release you and not continue to worry about you. How am I doing? Hear my heart today. My heart is to help, not to whine. This is not a whiny session. That's not it. In fact, I fought this. I don't want them to think I'm whining. This is, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to whine. I'm not here to make you feel bad. 
And think about this. See, see, I can't help myself in what I'm presenting today. My season is coming to an end in two more weeks. I have absolutely nothing to gain from this talk. My motive today is to help your new pastors and to help this church as you enter a new season. Sixth thing that every pastor would love to tell you is this. It's not about the work of the ministry that is the most challenging, but it's about the weight. It's about the weight. Yeah, true caring pastors, they they work hard, but most people work hard. It's not the work of the ministry that's most challenging. It's the weight of ministry. And especially the weight you carry when you are the lead pastor. And you'll never understand it as a staff member. Never understand it as a leader. And you'll never understand it unless you are one. I'll never forget my son uh, was my youth uh, slash worship pastor for the last five of my ten years in Midland that I pastored there. He was my, uh, and after we uh, resigned the church, the the church elected my son Chad to follow us as as pastor. And I'll never forget about two weeks into his pastorate, we're out, my wife and I are out preaching revivals. We're out running around preaching and my phone rings. Well, my phone rang a whole lot from my son in those days. But my phone rang with my son, and, and my son said, Dad. And of course, the conversation, he said, Dad, why didn't you tell me? I said, tell you what, son? He said, why didn't you tell me about the weight? He said, Dad, I feel like somebody took a, a, a load of bricks, and you, they laid them right between my shoulder blades. I feel so much pressure, Dad. Why didn't you tell me? Well, I've been carrying that weight for so long, I forgot about it. I thought it was just normal thing you do. And then he said, Dad, I I need to apologize to you. I said, you don't need to. Yeah, I need to apologize to you. He said, Dad, he said, Dad, if I'd only known, if I'd only known what it was really like to sit in this chair as lead pastor, I'd have been a much better staff member to you. He said, I used to come in your office and whine. I used to come in your office and, 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 you know, and, and, and ask for this, that, and something. Dad, I could have been a lot better staff member if I'd only known. I said, son, you can't know until you sit in the chair. It's okay. See, here's where the weight comes in. Number one, the, the buck stops here. The buck stops here. See, the lead pastor is ultimately responsible for everything. For everything. And then number two, your burdens become our burdens. Your burdens become our burdens. We love you. We, we, we love you. We care for you. You're like family to us. When you hurt, we hurt. When you struggle, we struggle with you. We help carry the load. How often has people taken sides on an issue or had problems with someone in the church and they all come to you as their pastor wanting you to solve the problem? But here's the dilemma. Here's the dilemma as a pastor, not a preacher, but as a pastor, as a true shepherd, you love all of your people. See, a lot of you love a lot of people, but we love all of them. As a true shepherd, you love all of your people. You love people on both sides of the issue. No matter who's right or who's wrong, you, you love them all. And so often because, because we uh, won't take sides, we get shot at it by both sides. And it's not even our issue. 
And some of you thought that pastoring was only about sleeping late, eating fried chicken, and being honored on Pastor Appreciation Sunday. (laughs) Number seven, and quickly, we don't, listen, uh, we don't design sermons directed at you personally. Listen, I had a lady in another church that I pastored accuse me. Here's the word she, she used. And she told my wife, she said, your husband verbally abuses me from the pulpit. <laughs> well, first of all, you're not that important. That was a joke, okay? Trying to lighten it up a little. What? God would slap me silly if I did that. I'll tell you what God would do. If I designed a sermon to, 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 to preach at somebody, God would make sure they weren't there that Sunday. <laughs> I'm telling you. Here's the deal. The Holy Spirit knows what you need to hear. And he speaks through us. I've had people jokingly ask me, Pastor, do you have my house bugged? Pastor, are you following me around? Do you have a private eye following me around? Because because what you preached today, I've had them say many times, was like you have been stalking me and taking notes. A true pastor will pray and ask God for direction for the Sunday message. And if he does, the Holy Spirit will direct him. A little uh, pastor's kid, little boy, his dad was the pastor, and his, the little boy was watching his dad as his dad was preparing his Sunday morning sermon. And the little boy asked his uh, pastor, uh, dad, said, said, dad, does God tell you what to say? And the pastor dad said to his little boy, he sure does, son. And the little boy says, well, why are you scratching some of it out? Number eight, number eight, pastors need special friends in the church just like you do. See, pastors should love and treat all their people equally. That being said, they won't won't have time to connect socially to every people. I cannot connect socially to a thousand people that that attend this church. Some come every Sunday, some come Easter and Christmas, but a thousand people say this is their church. I, I, I cannot connect personally and, and socially to a thousand people. Simply not enough time in the day. But just like you, say just like me. And just like you, your pastor will be drawn naturally to some more than others. First of all, they'll be drawn to people with similar interests. Think about your friends. You have similar interests. It's a big drawing card. Every single one of my closest, I have many friends, but every single one of my closest friends play golf. Every one of them. They don't just play golf, they are passionate about the game. See, we are naturally drawn to people with similar interests. But also, we are also naturally drawn to people who encourage us. Yeah, that's right. 
People who build us up, not tear us down. People who speak life uh, to us, not suck the life out of us. And then also people we can trust. People we can be real with. People we can let our hair down a little bit with. People where I can be Mike, not Pastor Mike. People we can confide in. People, people who know how to hold a confidence. And then finally, people in the same season as us. Pastors need special friends in the church just like you do. Don't, don't you, don't you criticize your pastor because he spends more time with them than they do with those. They're closer to them than they are to those. Don't you be a hypocrite. You do the same thing because you're drawn to certain people. And your pastor needs, needs special friends in the church just like you do. Will you let them? Will you encourage them to do so? Number nine, very quickly. Don't tell us you're not getting fed. Here's the truth. You might not like the menu, but you are getting fed. You might, li- might not like some of the recipes, but you are getting fed. How many know who John, Pastor John Hagee is in San Antonio? Now, he's semi-retired now. He's probably around, I don't know, he might be 80, I don't know, but, but been on TV for years and years and years. But anyway, Pastor John Hagee from a Cornerstone Church in San Antonio, thousands, thousands, thousands of people on Sunday morning come to his church. Millions, literally millions watch him by nationwide television. He has written scores of books. He says that somebody left his church and told him the reason why they were leaving his church was because they were not getting fed. Really? Now, hey, you may or may not like Pastor John Hagee because of his style, but you cannot listen to this man preach and truthfully say you're not getting fed. You might not like the style, but you are getting fed. Multiplied millions have been fed by him. Are you that picky of an eater? (laughs) All right, last but certainly not least, and I'm out of time. Actually, if I had five more minutes, how many give me five minutes this morning? Can we give me five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30? You fall for it every time. Haven't done it in a long time. I had to do it one more time. Number 10, don't say to your new pastors, when Pastor Mike was here, yeah, when Pastor Mike was here, we this or we that or we something else or, or we didn't do this or we didn't do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Guess what? Pastor Mike didn't do it like Pastor Page or Pastor Barrett or Pastor Ward or Pastor Savage former pastors of this church. Their season was not my season, and my season will not be Pastor Sean and Krista's season. 
Every pastor has their God-called and spirit-led agenda and specific tasks and assignments. We all have our own individual sets of strengths and weaknesses. And God knows what they are. And he is strategic in placing us where we are needed, when we are needed. 20 years ago, this church needed a bulldog. Because of the shape that this church was in 20 years ago, a basset hound could not have gotten the job done. Here's what we need to understand. Comparisons are unfair. Because you're not comparing apples to apples. Or in our case, nuts to nuts. (laughs) The takeaway for this message this morning is this, or this little talk. I said it wasn't a message. I said it because I didn't have a text and I wasn't going to go by. Anyway, that's why I'm doing it. But anyway, pastors, here's the takeaway. Pastors are a gift from God to the church. Treat them with the highest honor. Ephesians chapter four, verse number 11 said, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The what? These are the gifts Christ gave to the church. What are those gifts, Paul? Well, among his list was the gift of the pastor. And 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17 says, let the elders or let the pastors who who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. I want to finish by reminding you today of my motive. And my total motivation today is to help this church and help its new pastors. See, here's the truth, and that is most most church people are wonderful. Most church people are wonderful. They love God. They love the pastor. They love their church. Man, I'm telling you, we have some of the most incredible people in the world. I brag on you guys to everyone. Yes, I've had to deal with a few stinkers along the way. But the vast majority of our people are as good as they come. They model our vision of caring people, caring for people. I cannot tell you how much I love you. I I cannot tell you how grateful I am for you. Thank you for loving me. It's not always easy to love a bulldog. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for loving my family. You've been better to me than I deserve. I have no complaints. I didn't say everything was perfect. I didn't say everything. Listen, we went through some stuff the last 20 years, and especially during the pandemic, it was some rough crud. But I have no complaints. I only have good things. 
to say about you, to say about this church, to say about my board, and not just the board that I have now, but every single board member that has served me in this church in the last 20 years. When I hear the horror stories in other churches, I am so thankful and so blessed. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for catching our heart and catching our vision. Thank you for taking such incredible care of us. Please take as good care of our kids as you have of Dawn and me. Because we're leaving you in good hands. In fact, we are leaving you with a part of us through them. We love you. We love you. Lord, I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful because when I look back over my 20 years, but not just my 20 years, but Lord, the 50 years of ministry, when I talk to other pastors and hear their struggles and hear what they had to go through, I have been so incredibly blessed and I'm so thankful. God, I remember the first first three to four years of this church. It was a big struggle. There were some very, very difficult, difficult, hard times. But, oh, God, you were with us, and you helped see us through that. And then you helped us to see what you've made out of this place. And we are so grateful, and we are so thankful. And, God, we are so grateful that there are those that are coming from behind us. They're going to stand on our shoulders. They're going to start where we, where we leave off. And God, the best years of this church are ahead. And we're grateful and we're thankful for it. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.